Santa's house is in Santa's village. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Get me a bottle of whiskey and a bowl. Spark one up. Walk on. Smoke on. Mwah. I feel stupid now. Um, it's the weed. Likely. Likely the weed, friend. It's the weed. It's gotta be the weed, I think. Hey! It's Tuesday. It's December 1st, and you're listening to episode 50 of... 51, excuse me, 51 of Bowl After Bowl. And I'm Spencer. And I'm Lorian. And we're hanging out. In the bowl. As usual, doing our little thing. Damn, we went damn near diamond and silk there for a second. That was fucking awesome, bro. <laughs> it was like a give and a get, give and a get, give and a get. Give and a get. Gonna be a good one. You good one, oh yeah. You can tell. <laughs> you can tell right off the bat. Coming off of that Thanksgiving week. Yeah, it feels like it's been a year since we did the show. It sure does. Since last week. This is like the longest week in, a, in existence. Craziness. And yet it flew by. Yeah, I guess that the the off week really did fly by. I mean, I uh, I had the week home. It was like a self-paced week for this course, this coding course. And so I was like, oh, yay, I've plenty of time to catch up on all of my projects that I'm working on. But so far, we had three assignments that we've been assigned that we're doing piece by piece. Two websites and a console application in C Sharp. So um, working on that, right? Wrong. <laughs> Rongo bongo. I did a tiny ass bit of work. And then we get to class on Monday, yesterday. And the very first thing, like right at the start of class, instructor's like, all right, so everyone's going to give me their elevator pitch that you did last week that you wrote. What? (laughs) That's what I said. Oh, shit. Yeah, there was like a whole module, whole course during self-paced week that was self-paced that we were supposed to like go through and like do shit. Oh, no. And I had no idea. I thought... They explained that it was kind of like just time to uh, catch up on your stuff. And there's also all this kind of shit about like, don't worry if you're getting too behind or like, don't, you know, don't beat yourself up if you don't get as much accomplished as you want to. And all that kind of language <clears throat> does not help me at all. If anybody <laughs> gives me even a little bit of like encouragement to take it easy, to kick back, it's not a, a big deal if you don't, you know, Get a hundred percent. I mean, I need somebody breathing down my neck, like, dude, you, what you want? You fucking this up. That's my motivator. And uh, no, no motivator, no motivator. Everyone's like, oh, you know, like it's really stressful this time of year. It's so, like if you don't get it all accomplished, then uh, it's not. It's, it's gonna be okay. I'm like, well, you only have to tell me once. I'm fucking laying on the couch for all week, which was nice. I did need that kind of stuff. Hell yeah. But shit keeps flying under my radar. And I can't have that. So did you improv an elevator pitch? Yeah. I also went third out of three, which was just kind of the order that they called me in. Did the other two students uh, do all their stuff? Only one of us did. 
Okay. Out of, out of three. So that's not a huge sample size, but I wasn't the only idiot. <laughs> Two out of three idiots. <laughs> Two out of three idiots. I mean, what can you do? What can you do? They, uh, this is a sexist question, but was it the girl that did her homework and had her stuff together? How did you know? <laughs> it, was just, it was just a lucky guess. I knew there was one girl in your class. <laughs> it was the girl. And I know I'm one of those people that like, I would feel anxious if I yeah, you'd wasn't on top of my stuff. Just clicking through the so. syllabus material, the course material, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I like to stay on top of my shit and double check things and make sure I'm not running behind on stuff and checking deadlines. That's another thing, too, though, with your self-paced projects that you have the whole 400 course credit hours to do yes it's like there's no hard deadlines it's just kind of like here's a you know have like 30 percent done by here and 75 percent done by here yeah uh, if i were in your uh, office chair i would have to start making up some deadlines for myself just to get shit done yeah for me it's like well it's it's funny because like one of the projects is a personal website a portfolio website and so mine is like there's a lot of filler in it. It's like it's it looks cool now, but there's still a lot of placeholder content. So I haven't really like put in all the content that I'm supposed to put in yet. Hmm. But I've been really working on it and I just get wrapped up in design and like how it looks rather than this has been my struggle and like why I need to really change my frame of mind when it comes to coding in general. Because I'm an ideas guy and like a creative type and a visual guy. So when I get sit when I sit down on my coding projects, I'm thinking, oh, I want it to do this and then I want it to do this and this and then this and, and I'm thinking of all of these I'm like rabbit holing in my mind, like, oh we could add this, oh we could make it do this. Instead of building a framework or a wireframe kind of bare bones project that works and then adding stuff to it, which is an easier way when you're coding to kind of build things out so you just get like the simple thing sure. that's just really really rudimentary and then add the cool functionality piece by piece on top of it whereas i'm the guy who like wants to work top down mm. and i think it's just because that's what i'm used to with with creativity and production stuff like when i'm producing audio when i'm producing video you can do that you can go from you know, 0% to 100% of the first two minutes of your 20-minute film, and you can have all of that built completely and then, you know, piece by piece do that. You can't really do that in code. You kind of have to do 100% of the skeleton and then start adding on this, the pretty stuff afterwards. Yeah, get the basics down Yeah, and then fancy it up. Uh, what about your other website, your like corporate website that you have to build? You said, <laughs> I heard oh you say God. over the week, I'm making it worse or yeah, something so to that effect. Our very first project was just a, it's just a corporate website. So you're just given like uh, a kind of a wireframe of a website and with some basic functionality, what they want it to like look like and do. And then you just run with it. And that was our very first week of coding. So it was basic front-end HTML and CSS. And they were, you know, the website that we built with that was before we even had, like, any lessons on Bootstrap, any lessons on JavaScript, any lessons on anything to make it 
more modern, I guess you could say, a more modern looking feel. So I had a website that looked like it should have been out of like 2002, 2004, <laughs> like when I very first even learned about HTML. And so over the past week, I sat down and I added Bootstrap and I tried to um, code some different stuff around and I ended up just making it worse. With every single thing that I did, I made it worse. Mm. And now it just looks like a pile of dog shit. The problem is I got to code it back up to look pretty. And then I got to plug that into my personal site. So eventually that personal site is going to be like a website resume of sorts. So when I'm applying for jobs, that'll be like what's, you know, one of my things that I can send people to. And the first career fair is a week from Thursday. Oh, wow. So you got to get that website done. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Yeah. It's at spencerpearson.net. If anybody wants to look at it and laugh your fucking face off, it's pretty bad right now. But are you gonna have like links out to those other projects you're working on on there so that it's like a resume of like, look at these other if sites I've built. If, if they're, they're done, if, if they're, they're done, yeah. Once okay. they're done, I mean, eventually, yeah, they will be required to be put in there. But as of right now, no. As of right now, none of those links really work. Some of them are just internal links. I have one section where I built out like the programs and the languages that I've learned. So it's kind of like a it's kind of like a skills list almost, you know. It's like what I can do, what programs I can use and what languages I can code in. And they all just are I tried to make it useful for me too cuz as a portfolio website, the thing if I send it to any kind of recruiter, they're going to like look at it for you know, if I'm lucky, like two minutes max, right? Mm. And then they'll never go to it again. Uh, so I wanted stuff on there for me also that I could reference. So every all of those languages and all those programs just link to the documentation for it all. So later on, if I'm like, oh, shit, I need to look up something about CSS, then I can just go on my own website, click the CSS link, and it'll take me to the Mozilla page all about CSS. So... There's that at least. I kind of am trying to make it useful for me as well as for recruiters. Now, your classes this week, yesterday and today, were in person. Yeah, we got we went back on campus, as it were. So, did you have to wear a mat of bandana? I got my bandana, yeah. yeah. Did they make you wear it? They do, and it's like, uh, you know, I have I have my coffee and shit. So, like, if you're drinking coffee, then, you know, you can take it down and drink the coffee. It's like pretty much holding the coffee the whole time. Hell <laughs> Just, yeah. You know, sippy, sippy, whatever. Um, the instructor, so this is hilarious, and he kind of made a sarcastic uh, acknowledgement of it on day one. So, day one was back in October, the 19th. So, we did two days in person, 19th and 20th of October, and then these last two days were in person. Total of four days on campus so far out of the whole course. Um, And the first day he pointed out, so there's like a big, it's not plexiglass, it's like plexiplastic. But you know those Mm. fucking bullshit panels that they have everywhere, like at the checkouts at grocery stores and stuff? Yeah. They've got one at the instructor's desk that's hanging from the ceiling, that hangs down in front of him. And uh, like... So he's on the left side of the classroom, and like all three of us were on the right side of the classroom. So like direct line of sight, that thing is not between me and him. Huh. So like if he wanted to hock a loogie, he could still hit me because <laughs> that thing's not between us. But that's like the magical barrier that blocks everything, so that you know he doesn't have to wear a mask while he's behind that. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. 
And I'm very like, uh, I don't know. If I was in school, probably teachers would write me up for taking too many mask breaks. But the fucking thing's rarely on. And he's never said anything to me about it. And I don't think the other kids really care as much either. But they have like the normal. The thing I hate is the over the ear shit. I just don't like shit on my ears. Mm -mm. I already hate glasses enough. They like hurt my ears although I wear them. Um, But I just don't want them on my ears. No. I feel like you wear that thing long enough, you're going to be looking like fucking sloth. Yeah. (laughs) From the Goonies. Start pulling your ears for it. I think so. I think you can change your shit, man. I'm not. I just. I never liked my ears Mm -hmm. anyway. I always liked my hair over my ears. Grow my hair out over my ears. Oh, that's why I like the bandanas or the neck gaiters because also you don't have to like forget it. They're a little more breathable. They're always on, so you never have it off, so you just can pull it up. And it's also a little more Wild West, so it's like... Yeehaw! Yeah. (laughs) Now, uh, do they have you and the two other students like spaced six seats apart or something? Six feet. Yeah, so like I the just way figured that, they do like six chairs. Or the <laughs> way the classroom's set up is it's like long tables rather than desks. So, mm. in a normal environment, there are long tables with two seats at each table, and so there are six of those, so twelve seats in a classroom. The way that we were sat is like one student front row right seat the student in the row behind that in the left seat and the student behind that row in the right seat so we were all on like the same side but yeah it's it's like six or seven eight feet apart something like that Mm. it's definitely more than the minimum six well but i can spit pretty far (laughs) i bet i could hit everybody in the classroom if i tried noise it's a good thing that your uh instructor doesn't wear a mask while teaching. That would just be ridiculous. So if somebody like raises their hand and has a problem and he stands up and goes to help them, he'll like slip his thing on. And he is he wearing a regular mask? He's wearing uh, one of those ones that people who look like they know what they're doing wear, where it's like <laughs> all black, you know, and it's like, uh, I'm trying to describe Does it. Does it have one of those breathing vent things on it? The girl in my class is wearing those today. Huh. One of those with the vent. That cracks me up. The dude was wearing, it looked, so he wears um, kind of like a, what you'd what you'd expect a male nurse to wear, you know? Um, it's not the regular throwaway face diaper type N95 that most people wear. It's like, uh, it almost looks like the scrubs version of a mask and it actually ties. So it has an upper tie and a lower tie okay and so it's tied behind his face it's like a face apron kind of wow that's what he wears i wear a bandana and then the instructor wears like a black uh a black mask like you'd see i don't know a lot of people in uh entertainment or on tv who are wearing them were wearing those kind or um if you see people at like ritzy functions that still wear the fucking dumbass mask then Usually they have something like that. If it's not patterned, then it's this like black, sleek looking, yeah, face fitting, like kind what of formed. you have to wear when you're doing the fizzolino bartending. Uh, so I went to the bandana for that too. Oh, but I've been all over the place on that. Oh, I finally just put my foot down on that and said bandana. But we, had, we <laughs> haven't had a gig you. forever. I was I was like two seconds away from walking out of the last one. Oh shoot! Because uh, the, the owner was just like, well, I probably shouldn't even get into it. 
Yeah. But, yeah, um, black sleek mask. My thing is, I'm kind of, I don't know if I'm hearing impaired. But for me, it definitely helps pay attention if uh, I can see the professor's mouth moving. Oh, while yeah. While speaking, totally. you know? like yep. So it would just fuck me up if I'm in a class and where I, I cannot see their mouth moving at all. I think that's why they went ahead and did like the... Plexiplastic plexi thing. Plexiplastic theater. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So that, because uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. If you're if you're being given instruction and like you can't even see their mouth moving, and it's muffled, like you can you can hear people when they're talking through a mask. It's a muffled. Yeah. It's just hard to hear. It is. It always even, amazes me when you see people on their phone with their mask still on. Oh yeah. I'm just like, how is that person on the other end understanding a word you're saying? Or in the car there. <laughs> I see that the all the time still. Wearing I see a it mask. still all the time. All the time. Jeez. What about the people walking their dogs wearing people a mask People in too? a car. That's silly. By themselves with a mask on. That's <clears throat> just ridiculous. I am the guy that, um, we've been following that advice since Knucklehead, since the uh, meetup that we had of just walk in, do your thing, don't put it on unless somebody asks you to put it on, and then just like, oh, yeah, yeah. You just lift it up off of your chest. But until that, like, make them make you. Fuck that. Yeah. Come on, make them make you, make you. Make them make you. And I feel like it's starting to lax, at least around here. Well, and then people will see you with your mask off and then be like, whoa, and, like, look around and, like, slip theirs down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. that happens. Yeah, well, because it's like, if you're waiting to see someone walking in without a mask on so that you can walk in without a mask on, then now we are those people that be, other yeah. people can see and you be can, like, oh, they're not wearing a mask. It's all right. You can be the guy doing it. The first domino to fall and cause a chain reaction of free people. It just comes <laughs> back again. We've been hammering on this like too long, but it's mindset, you know? the Yeah. The freedoms you get as a free person, as a free human being, um... They're given by God. What that means is that they're a birthright. What that means is that you have them because you exist. Not because a government lets you do something. Not because anything else. You you have them because you exist. You're an autonomous human being. So, yes, you can do a lot of shit. Maybe it's not all legal. Maybe it's not all polite. Maybe it's not all fair. Maybe it's not all ethical. Maybe it is all those things. It doesn't really matter. You have those rights just because you have those abilities. So what you do really is up to you. Freedom. Freedom. Use it wisely, but goddamn use it. And uh, if you don't, you can't just externalize that. It's like, I mean, the the big point of this whole show and the whole uh, reason that I kind of became a, a stoner activist years ago was just that you know uh there's an unjust law and i felt when they hauled my buddy out to jail from scout camp i felt well fuck if this law exists i have to keep breaking it until it doesn't exist anymore uh even if i get tired of it even if i'm the next guy they haul away uh even if whatever this law is horseshit and i'm not going to be following it it's just wrong and yeah, lo and behold, look at that. Turns out, uh, despite being incredibly illegal, one can still smoke weed. Yeah, bad laws, bad mandates. They're meant to be broken. Yeah, it's kind of like a uh, civic duty, if you think about it. I think so. Hey, will you play one of my clips for me? Yeah. My Crown Center clip? I would love to play a clip for you. I see you brought three. 
I did. Here's one. It's cold. And the day after Thanksgiving brings traditional Christmas family fun to Crown Center in Kansas City this year. There will be some twists, though. But don't worry, Santa will be there this holiday season. Here's video here of him on his sleigh. KCTV 5's Carolina Cruz was there when the big guy arrived. She fills us in on the COVID-19 safety measures going oh, on at Crown Center. Boy, I can't wait. Families lined up this morning awaiting for Santa to make it here to Crown Center. But there are some changes they'll have to follow this year. Santa will be here throughout the holiday season for visits to listen to all of those wish lists and for photos. There will be a photographer on site to take pictures for free or you can take them yourself. Face masks are required for both Santa and visitors and you'll get to visit him with some social distancing measures in place. What? So I just wanted to play this to prove once again that Fauci is full of shit because he said Santa is immune from COVID, which would mean that Santa cannot spread or catch COVID. So why the hell does Santa have to wear a face mask? Yeah, how do you see Santa in social distance? You got to sit on his lap. You to... don't sit on his lap. This is how they are doing it. Santa bro, is listen, bro. because I've seen I've seen Santa have several setups now as my children want to see Santa this and tell him what they want for Christmas. And I want to make sure that they can do that. Santa, when he is at Crown Center, has to sit in his chair with a face mask on that's so big you can't see his little red rosy nose and you can't see his fine mustache and most of his beard. His face mask covers everything except for his eyes. And then you sit either on the floor or on a bench that's six feet in front of him. You don't get to whisper in his ear what you want for Christmas. What the fuck? You don't get to sit in his lap. You have to like turn around and be like, Santa, I want... A train set for Christmas. Okay, thanks. Bye. And then you leave. That's Crown How Center. How the fuck? I will not be seeing Santa at Crown Center. I might write at that fat fuck a letter for the first time in 20 years. At Bass Pro, however, they have Santa sitting in his chair comfortably, and they have a plexiglass in front of him so that you can see his face, and then you sit on a bench in front of the plexiglass, but it's not six feet away. It's like right in front of him. And they showed the pictures that they're taking and you it's don't like see the visiting. glass at all. It looks like he's just sitting behind you and you're just choosing not to sit on his lap. It's like visiting Santa in prison kind of a little bit. Yeah, it is. It's just like that. Turn around, smush your tits against the plexiglass <laughs> and see if he strokes one out for you. I don't know. <laughs> But Fauci is full of shit. He said that Santa was totally immune from this. Well, I mean, and, I mean how much Santa, more full of shit can Fauci get? I mean. I just don't understand why Santa's not standing up for himself. He's the big guy, okay? Like. I know. If anybody could. Oh, let the kids sit on your lap and tell you what they want for Christmas. You know how excited my three-year-old is to tell Santa what she wants for Christmas? So excited that she tells me every day. <sighs> Hey, you know what I'm going to tell Santa I want for Christmas? I mean, I'm going to have her write him a letter. Yeah. That's the easiest way to make sure that he gets the memo. Because this stuff is pissing me off. No touching, no touching. I, you got to sit on Santa's lap. Santa's village in New Hampshire isn't even doing their Christmas shenanigans this year. Santa's house is in Santa's village. And usually you get to go and hang out with him and the elves in his house and sit on his lap, tell him what you want for Christmas, get a candy cane. Nope, not this year. I'm well, pissed. That just fucking sucks, man. And I also would like to let everyone know that my three-year-old, for the first time, is like suddenly telling me what she wants as a gift, which is cool and weird. 
But she's like, randomly the other day, Mom, I'm telling Santa what I want for Christmas. Okay, what do you want, Ray? I want the Mighty Pups game. I was like, damn, first thing she asks for for Christmas, and it's a video game. <laughs> like, we're doomed. Based. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's a two-player, too. So she was like, I can play with Asina. I was like, yeah, you're... Almost two-year-old sister is going to be really interested in button mashing with you. Maybe. Gaming hard. Maybe. And then, uh, you know, I don't know if Rayla convinced Asina what she wants for Christmas, but then she started being like, Asina, what are you going to tell Santa you want for Christmas? And Asina looks at me and she's like, a kitty cat. Oh, Jesus. I was like, oh, is this Rayla speaking through you? Because mm. I could definitely see that. And Ray's like, yeah, she wants a cat. Tell tell mom again. Tell mom what you want for uh, Christmas. Tell mom what you're going to tell Santa to get you. A kitty cat. <laughs> yeah. I always point thing, to though. the cats in the neighborhood. I'm like, there's our kitty cat. <laughs> Santa's workshop makes toys, not uh, animals. That's what I said. I said he could bring her a stuffed animal kitty cat, though. And Asina was like, yeah, blue and green. I was like, yeah, blue and green cat. You blue got and it. green. Yeah. Well, at least she knows what she wants. Yeah, it's nice. God, man, I made I made no notes of this uh, election kerfuffle. That's just it's like a cat playing with a ball of yarn. And at this point, there's so much. It's like a floodgate of shit coming out, and it's kind of understandable now. Like seeing the there was let's see since we last spoke with the bowlers, there was the Pennsylvania hearing, mm. there was the Arizona hearing. Today they had one in Michigan. All of these just being public forums where state legislators were hearing um, from eyewitnesses uh, about what fraud they experienced on Election Day and uh, the days after. The mountain of evidence touches on a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about for a few weeks. Um, But to put faces and names to it, is another layer of it, and there's just more than uh, more than really what I even thought of, you know, uh, stories of huge stacks of ballots being run through the machines multiple times. Oh yeah, the uh, batch processing. A lot of a lot of backdating of envelopes for mm. mail-ins. Um, a lot of people saying they saw pristine printed off Fallon, uh, Biden only ballots that would just mysteriously show up out of nowhere, which has been a trick they use a lot. Broward County last, you know, in the midterms, there was a lot of like more found ballots, more found. Oh, here's another box. Oh, look, here's another box. Um, today in, in, uh, that, that trucker testified that he drove, a. I think it was like 24 Gaylord boxes full of ballots. Now, a Gaylord box, for anybody who doesn't know, that's one of those huge boxes that is like a big cube that comes up almost to like, you know, like up past your belly button, like a big-ass box um, full of ballots. They estimate it could have been up to like 220,000 ballots or something. Wow. He drove them from... So he's based in New York. He drove them to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, uh, unhooked his trailer. So the way he told the story was he drove across the state line into Pennsylvania to his regular first stop. The ballots were loaded in such a way that, and this is how you load a truck always, you load the last stop in first because it goes all the way to the back, 
and then your first stop is the last thing you put in the truck. So when you get to your first stop and you open the truck door, there it is. That's your first shit. You pull that out, and then you keep driving. So he said that he got to his first stop, and the expediter wasn't available, and he was stuck there waiting for almost six hours trying to get people to unload him, and they wouldn't unload him, they wouldn't unload him. Fuck that. Six hours? Six fucking hours. Until he was finally, like told by some USPS. So this guy isn't a USPS driver. He's a subcontractor for a private company not associated with USPS. He said he'd been working it for over a year. He had never dealt with the USPS bosses or anybody like that. He only deals with his own company and with expediters at wherever he's dropping off stuff. So the USPS official told him, no, you're not unloading. I'm not giving you a slip. So they ask for a slip as a receipt of goods so they can get paid. Uh, he also wanted a late slip to, you know, kind of show that he had been held up there and it wasn't his fault and he still needed to get paid, you know, for that extra time that he was just sitting around. Yeah. Six fucking hours. I'd be furious too if you're like, you know, truckers aren't exactly on the clock, um, but they can be paid and uh, make up some of that pay if they get what's called a late slip is what the guy was calling it. Um, but no, both of those things were refused and they told him just to get the hell on to his next stop. And his next stop what? was the ballots that were going to, or the boxes that were all the way to the front of the trailer. So they would have had to pull all the shit out to get to the front stuff and then load the, all the shit back up. Well, he said that he got to the second place, he unhooked his trailer, he went home and then when he went back to the place, the trailer was gone. And so this trailer just straight up disappeared. And this is late October. So this is a bit before the actual election day. But the speculation is that those ballots were just whisked off somewhere, just waiting to show up whenever whenever, and wherever they needed to be delivered. They were just going to be hanging out who knows where. So they're looking for that trailer. But that's just, wow. one, that's just one tiny, that's just one guy... And it's the one I saw the most of today that was kind of the most compelling. But all these people coming forward, I mean, in the Pennsylvania hearing, there was uh, an old lady who showed up to the polls and she went through the touchscreen voting and then voted and it prints off a receipt. And then the receipt had everybody's name on it that she voted for except for president and vice president. What? And then when she asked them, what the hell is this all about? I told her, oh, it's because of voter privacy. It's because of voter privacy. Um, then, yeah, why would your other choices be visible? Right. All the, all the state sense. positions were listed. All of the ballot questions were listed, but not president and vice president choices. So that's kind of fucky. Um, there's, of course, speculation that the uh, Seidel servers were raided um, in Germany that might even be like a U.S. versus U.S. operation. There's speculation that forces died in that thing. Uh, yeah. The thing is that a lot of this stuff, we're just hearing from uh, second or third hand, and until more comes out about it, you know, like, what can you believe? The press is totally tight-lipped about all of it. They're not touching any of it. Twitter will just put up a red exclamation point if you try to talk about anything. Which, hilariously, I saw a study where they're finding out that um, that's actually causing people to <laughs> believe Trump more because his shit's getting flagged uh, huh. all the time by Twitter. <clears throat> I guess they just did a study and um, 
a lot a lot of people they found that a lot of people tend to believe Trump more if his shit's like flagged by Twitter and they try to like mansplain to you like what's going on and shit all of this stuff is so fucky man but it's getting uh it's it's getting definitely to the to the hot water point where it's coming out and it's it's really hard at this point to pretend like everything is just fine and like all of it went down without a without any hitch at all the amount of people that are coming forward with shit that they saw in the amount of places and the consistency in the patterns of all of this stuff uh the consistency in the patterns of when Biden took leads in what states the numbers involved the ratios involved all of those are just lining up in not a random way in a very it looks coordinated the statistical analysis guys um they are going on and on about uh, the improbability uh, and impossibility of a lot of these numbers switching the way they did. And, I mean, we're going to have to see, but we've been calling it from the start that uh, the election's fucked and it's going to need to be fixed. Um, but if you don't want to worry about that, I have irrefutable sounds. It's actually all bullcrap and nothing happened. Uh, and here's why. <laughs> There you go. Sydney Powell officially rebuked. It didn't happen. It doesn't exist. There you have it. I mean, Attorney General Barr said there was no evidence, right? So. That's my John C. Dvorak <laughs> irrefutable proof <laughs> that nothing happened. And it didn't. It, it's all bullcrap. Oh my god, That's that a good was disappointing, impression. bro. I must say I was disappointed in Mr. Dvorak on Sunday. He just was so angry about it, too. He was just like, Hello? I mean, come on. It's never going to be anything interesting. It's just not good enough for him, you know? That's like what I see from a lot of people who are like thinking that it's just going to be Biden and there's nothing that can be done. Um... I get it because just we've been fucked so many times and had the wool pulled over our eyes so many times in the past that why would this time be different, you know? So I totally get it. But the mindset, having that kind of a mindset. Give up before you even start. <laughs> it's it's guaranteeing that we're not going to get it, you know? That's the whole point of this um, this campaign to demoralize us to... Um, just accept that it's inevitable that we're going to get fucked by global control. No, it's not inevitable. This is America. Like the reason that we are the exception to the rule is be is exactly because we say go fuck yourself when you try to tell us what to do. Like it's it's imperative. It's imperative, especially right now, that we still dig in and say no, fuck you. The the mandate to be governed at all is by the people. So all of that power that we invest and delegate to the government is ours. And I thought that was kind of the most important part of the Pennsylvania hearing. And it's been a it's been a pattern in all the hearings where the uh, Rudy and the legal team are telling these state legislators, look, the power constitutionally is vested in you, the state legislators, to seat the electors in the electoral college. 
you have delegated that power to the Secretary of State and to the Election Commission and to the governor and essentially to the people at large to choose those electors, but that delegation can be taken back at any time, and appropriately it should be taken back when you think that there's fraud afoot, when you uh, understand that something has gone completely illegal. And that's what it appears to be looking like. The fire hose has just turned up so much, though, that it's like it's hard to even keep track of in real time in a single day. I mean, if especially if you got a job or going to school, like if you got other shit to do during a day. The, I mean, you take today for an example. Today, AP ran a story. Oh, Bill Barr said that there's n- he's seen no evidence that any fraud happened that could have changed the outcome of the results. Uh, I, it turns out there's no real direct quote you can find from Barr that says exactly that. Huh. Meanwhile, Barr did have a White House meeting today that lasted for several hours, according to sources. Oh, boy. So who fucking knows? Again, I wasn't there at the White House. And what? I mean, you know, nothing ever happens, and so therefore nothing will happen? I mean, it's easy to take that kind of doom route. I can understand the logic of that. But at the same time, you know, we just don't know. We don't know. Uh, since Bill Burr's got in, I mean, we saw Jeff Sessions as an attorney general, did did almost fuck all. The only only thing he really took a big stand against was legal pot, like a fucking moron. Um, got him out. I mean, he wouldn't. He, nobody backed Trump when they went after him on made up Russian shit. The media will play the Blazy Ford thing, twenty four hours a day for two weeks straight given you nothing but nothing but nothing but bullshit, Blazy Ford made-up shit from years ago that never happened, plus yearbook quotes. <laughs> but then, now, when there's... I'm talking about thousands of Americans who saw different fuckery go down. I mean, it's not just, like, one bitch that they flew in... Right. ...to make a story and look good in front of the camera. These are real-ass people. This trucker guy... He like he had his thing written out in front of him, but you can tell he's not like the sharpest reader and he's not like a public speaker guy. He's just a truck driver. He's a person. But when these people see stuff and they know it feels wrong, they're like and a lot of the people said I, one of the kids was a third party guy. You can tell because he was like, I don't support Trump. I don't support Biden either. I voted. I didn't vote for either of those guys. But what I saw the American people deserve to know what I saw. I can't just keep that to myself. Once I see this, I have to I have to tell, you know, the people in power. The problem is that we don't have any idea how many of these fucking people are compromised too. Right. We don't know whether it's money. We don't know if there's something bigger at stake. You know? What if, what if it's, I mean, there's got to be piles of blackmail. Especially the higher you go in our government, the deeper the fucking blackmail pool gets. And... You know, at what point? At what point is it impossible to overcome? I think at no point is it impossible to overcome. The only time it's impossible to overcome is when you give up. Right. The only time it's impossible to overcome is when the evidence mounts and grows and grows, and then you start just grasping at straws, trying to uh, just totally defame people and just write them off as lunatics because they don't really fit your preconceived notions of what's going to happen. 
And I'll get off on my fucking stoned horse about that, but I just think that it was fucking lazy. Yeah, well, I say it's now or never also because Trump is anti-establishment, you know? I mean, yeah, he's an established man. He's uh, made himself and has a hell of a reputation, whatever, but he's not political establishment. He's a complete outsider to that Well, machine. You know, of course, this whole time... I try to rationalize. I try to step back from myself. It is, it's going to be impossible to overcome your own biases as a human being in a, in a body with a brain, right? I have sure. my own experiences. That's the only thing that I actually have that's shaped me is everything I've experienced and everything I think. And then that builds on itself every day. So, you know, by 30 years of walking around and thinking, that's not even that long of time in a relative sense. But it's also hard to overcome and change stuff. And I understand I have my own biases and I understand that I want certain things to go certain ways. And so I'm going to think a certain way and I'm going to find information that confirms that. Sure. So a lot of times I got to just say, well, I mean, this is too fucking crazy. And I got to look around and I got to reassess. I mean, and you got to understand that I'm not coming from this as a, as a fucking years long Trump guy. Definitely not as a fucking years-long Republican. Yeah. I still don't support the Republican Party. They're a piece of dog shit just well, as much as the Democrat Trump. Party. I mean, this thing was never designed to run, be run by political parties in the first place. Exactly. But, you know, that didn't last very fucking long. But the problem that I keep coming back to is the corruption and the money. The corruption and the money. And so how is this guy Trump the only guy who's come in, got actually got into high office, and his net worth goes down, and his businesses don't expand, but they're shrinking? Like, how is he the only guy who's not making a shitload of money off hmm. of his public office? Hmm. The Clintons made a shitload of money when Billy was in the White House. The Bushes and the Cheneys were already rich and got way richer and more powerful. Obama made a fuckload of money when he was president. Shit, even people like Ilhan Omar have seen their net worth go from, you know, five figures to seven, eight. Jeez. How does that happen? How does that happen on a supposed salary of, I don't know what the fuck these people make, way too much, but like 140K, something like that. It's not like astronomical. I saw some numbers, somebody did an estimate of the uh, business income Trump has foregone in the past four years. And it was like in the hundreds of millions. Wow. It was like basically it broke down to more than the presidential salary that he's given up given up every day. Over $400,000 a day Jeez. is what the guy has um, lost as an opportunity cost to become president. And then his $400,000 salary... He puts back into the fucking treasury. He puts back into taxpayer-funded shit to help us out. So when I look, when I step back out of myself, when I look around, when I go, you know, maybe there's something here. Maybe there's a big fucking smoking gun. Oh, I don't know. They looked at him with the Russia thing for years. A couple years they tried to find one little fucking thing. Nothing. I mean, the guy has been vetted. And you know they would use every little thing. And they can't find anything. They could find like <laughs> crazy old ladies yeah, that, that daydream. <laughs> they daydreamed he raped them on Andrews and Pooper in a fucking uh, <laughs> clothing store or some kind of absurd public place, you know. Um, 
I don't, I'm just not seeing it. And it's not that I'm not open to seeing it. Trust me on that. Because I, I understand how fucking whacked the whole thing is. I understand how crazy town it is. I understand uh, there's the whole Q crowd out there, right? Which, at this point, I can't even see anything aside from it being exactly what it is doing, which is kind of over-fluffing everything that's going on to make these people look fucking nuts, right? Um, In fact, and I think I said this before on a show, like, the only thing that kind of makes me wonder how much of the Q thing might be in the realm of, of here is when Congress made their resolution, like, condemning it. Mm. Bipartisan resolution. Like, until that moment, I was like, this is fucking t- total, like, noise that's drowning out the signal, you know? Yeah. But now I'm not even so sure, because they had to go on record saying it was bullshit, and so now I'm wondering, <laughs> well, maybe it's not bullshit. Yeah. But it's not even it's not even really worth getting wrapped up in when you have all of this other shit coming out. Fire hose of shit. I saw James O'Keefe is publishing a bunch of CNN calls that That was hilarious. I watched his periscope always, this morning. It's always funny to when he's like, Oh boo, I'm James O'Keefe and you're like, Ah, how'd you get in here? you know? Um, but I also always feel underwhelmed by like most of the things he delivers. Yeah. And I think it's just because of that, all the hype he puts before it. Yeah, he's always but teasing his stuff. He's going to be dropping shit. Like, he says it's going to be like an advent calendar, like every day, new shit in December. So, okay. He's been on these 9 a.m. Zucker calls for like a couple of months, just listening and recording to the shit. <laughs> and then CNN like tweets out, out. That's we legal experts believe this is illegal, and we referred him to the authorities. <laughs> this coming from the same fucking outlet that published the the Melania secret recording. Yeah, and you remember that when she was like, "Oh, they want me to put these fucking dumbass Christmas, <laughs> Christmas decorations, decorations up." Yeah. Meanwhile, like we're under total assault all the time in the media, and yep. like obviously, man, that's a lady who's just frustrated who didn't ask to be totally mocked i mean any other fucking first lady who was a supermodel a literal supermodel would be they would be absolutely eating fucking milk out of her hand exactly i mean that fucking dump truck michelle obama was on the cover of every fucking magazine for eight years still on the cover of magazines yeah to this day and they never fuck with melania they don't they don't touch her with a 12 foot pole it's fucking it's absolutely fucking egregious. And that is when I keep on coming back, it's like this guy has taken so many sl- slings and arrows. This guy has taken so much abuse and really from all I can see, the uh, all uh, all he's done in the in the 4 years that he's in there is just trying to make the country better and trying to uh cut out all this fucking pay for play and all this different you know, I mean, it's greasy as fuck. You talk about draining a swamp, one of his platforms, and you wonder if it could ever even possibly be dismantled. The fucking thing goes so deep. You don't know who's on your side. The people that, t- you know, I mean, the only reason he gave Sessions the AG spot in the first place because he was the first senator that ever endorsed him, you know? Yeah. And it's like, well, those are the fucking snakes. They're the ones that put the fucking, you know... Tell you they love you to their to your face and then slip the knife in when you turn around. It's crazy, man. 
It's crazy. It's crazy. But I don't know, man. I would say, again, it's still praying mantis mode. More shit is coming out. It's getting really loud. It's getting pretty crazy. And still, there's not really anything clear that we can do about it here and now at this point. We'll just have to still wait and see. And it sucks, but it's a long-ass time. What did they say? You know, 78 days of hell. I always get the fucking number wrong. I think it was 87. I always get the number wrong. Who (laughs) knows? But we're still not halfway through that. We're still not halfway through that, okay? January 21st is still a long fucking ways off. We just started December. Today's the first day of December. So uh, it's frustrating. It's old. And I understand how, like, Dvorak kind of gets triggered by it because it's like we're talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. And all the other cycles that we've been through, we've kind of we've kind of had an idea pretty fucking quickly of what's going down and then there's a smooth transition and the thing just keeps rolling keeps rolling keeps rolling we had an election nearly one month ago and we still don't know what the fuck is going to happen the only thing that we really can say with any certainty is that there was a lot of fuckery and now we always know that there's fuckery and there's sort of a baseline fuckery that we'll just put up with and then they keep bumping that up, bumping it up. Every cycle, they bump it up a little bit. Oh, let's give them a little bit more, and they'll just have to fucking roll their eyes and deal with it. Roll their eyes and deal with it. Well, I can tell you right now, friends, the more fuckery that we put up with, the more we're going to get. You get as much as you put up with. And so that's why it always, for me, and I've been looking at this thing, I've been stepping back from it, taking time off of it, you know, just not reading for a while, getting the fuck outside getting some fresh air, motherfucker. And I still come back to, if we don't stop this shit now, we are going to be enslaved past the point where it's like a funny, ironic joke kind of a thing. Like, oh yeah, we're slaves. It's going to be fucking, they're going to be taking our children, man. And that to me is where it crosses the fucking line. That's what I'm not going to let happen. Whatever I, I mean, I've heard Fletch say it before on on Hog's story where he's going to just go to the jungle. Like, some kind of equivalent, but I can tell you right now, I'm not going to live in fucking servitude to these people. I'm not doing it. It's not going to happen. I'm not getting a fucking vaccine. Nobody in my family is going to do it. It's not going to fucking happen. Come make me and see what fucking happens. It's not going to be pretty. I'm not fucking around on this point, and I'm not going to fucking take it. These aren't just idle jokes. This isn't just some kind of pretty concept. This is real, and shit is getting very real, and if you're not willing to lay down your life for the freedom, then the freedom fades in a long enough timeline. I think that I've made myself pretty clear about that, but in case there's any doubt, I just feel like it needs to be restated and restated and restated. I'm not going anywhere, and I'm not going to capitulate to these fucking slave masters. It just is not going to happen, period. Anyway... You got 33 stories. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I do. (sighs) (laughs) They feel so lame after that, though. (laughs) Um, Actually, would you play one of my clips first? Absolutely. Uh, Play my Shawnee clip. Let's hear it. Shawnee mascot. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Shawnee Mission School District is looking at making changes to mascots that use Native American imagery. Surprise, this comes surprise. after thousands of people, including current and former students, signed a petition seeking to have the Shawnee Mission North High School drop its Indian's name and mascot. More than 3,300 people signed that Chance.org petition urging the Chance. district to change the mascot by the school's 100th wow. anniversary in 22. Did you hear that thought? for the... 100th anniversary they're gonna change it like what that's kind of it feels disrespectful but whatever it's just a mascot now, right wait no. what, is, what is their mascot currently the indians oh right yeah indian it could be dot not feather almost would that all be of, okay i don't think so because no. the, then your mascot <laughs> would be an indian who wants that i mean the reason you pick an Indian Indian, like an American Indian, is because they're like warriors, uh, fierce warrior, yeah. you know, people you don't want to fuck you. with, people yeah. you don't want to fuck with, people who actually did defend their freedom for a long time with primitive weapons and tools, you know, at, at an extreme disadvantage. And they fucked shit up still. I mean, the Native Americans, <laughs> in a lot of ways, and, you know, you can't really also talk about them as a monolith because there's so many different tribes and a lot of them acted in different ways okay there's the it's it's it gets kind of dumb when you start talking about all of them collectively as one monolith because it's not how it works it's much more convoluted than all of that yeah. but as a general concept you know there's a lot to be respected from native american culture and if that's your mascot that's that's what's going on it's not that, uh, it's, it's not like they're a, uh, a joke. You're not, you know, right. You're not going to be like, oh, we're the Indians because Indians are retarded. No, no. Like we're the Indians. Cause we're going to kick your ass. That's the whole point of a mascot. Exactly. And, um, I don't know, man, but it's, it's overwhelmingly white people behind the charges of these, like tear down the Indian well, one student... Tear down Aunt Jemima off of the fucking package. One student led the charge on this. It's, um, yeah, some woke student involved with the BLM shit. Um, but I thought it was interesting that they got 3,300 signatures. So that nice. was my lead into my 33 stories. I like that. I, that was clever. I do not support changing mascots or changing names. I think it's stupid. You know, football team is leading their division right now. Oh, are they really? In the, the Washington football team? Um, if you look it up on ESPN, like in the division standings, like it just says football team. Oh my gosh. That's what it says. And yes, that would be the Redskins. Everybody knows they're the Redskins. But how fucking dumb do you have to be as an organization to be like, oh, well, we're going to change the name, we're going to change the name, but we're not creative enough to fucking actually come up with anything. So we're just going to so we're just going to take the name off because we know it's so bad, and yet we don't have anything to replace it with. Yeah, that's I pretty mean, lame. It's 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 a goofy. It's I the, it's the goofy. I have a football shit. story while we're on that. Oh, play my next clip. I like football stories, motherfucker, and you're dumb. I do want to preface it if you don't mind pausing it oh, real yeah. quick. Um, this has some amazing ISOs in it. From uh -oh. the Kansas City Chiefs, Travis Kelsey, <laughs> on the Super Bowl parade day. So I just want to like warn everyone that like the random ISOs that come in there are him. <laughs> 
Okay, you may play it now. I, uh, you were right about it saying Washington football team. I just looked it up. Uh, Washington football team. Stupid. But this is a great story. WFT, close to WTF. Okay, let's hear the Chiefs story. Well, it has been about nine months since the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. Many of us remember exactly where we were and exactly how we celebrated. Yeah, uh, so some local couples celebrated in the bedroom. Ooh. KCTV5's Ellen McNamara <laughs> found out if a Chiefs baby boom is really <laughs> underway. It feels like a lifetime ago, a time when we could pack power and light, hug and kiss random people, and just... <laughs> <laughs> um, we knew we would have one, it's just a matter of when, and we kind of let that be up to, you know, whatever happens, and it just happened to happen right. after nine months after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Rumors <laughs> of Super Bowl babies reignite every year. The NFL oh, even made a cute commercial about it. Yeah, that's fucking I cute. I asked quarterback Patrick Mahomes, who will become a first-time dad in 2021, about the local baby boom. Wait, the baby boom, I mean, it, it's it's really cool to have this fan base and the passion that they show every single year, year in and year out, and, and for them to, to be that excited after the Super Bowl, I mean, it really is a special feeling, and hopefully uh, I'm still around when those babies get a little older and they can grow up in the Chiefs Kingdom with me. Woo! <laughs> While many Christ. are buzzing about the baby excitement, <laughs> Dr. Parrish says the official birth numbers won't be known for a few weeks. Early in December, we should have all that information and we should, should be able to tell more. Caitlin and Michael already have plenty of Chiefs gear for their little girl. As for a name? We considered Kelsey with the, as a girl name, um, but we, we know a couple other people that actually have that name, so we decided against it. No! <laughs> that's it i just loved those travis kelsey isos that they threw in there that, that was, was so funny pretty tasty actually oh my god he was just hammered he's just such a fucking goofball and goofy as hell yeah at that parade it was awesome his little speech there <laughs> but everybody knows uh we need babies that's right and kansas city is uh has no shortage of babies that's for sure it well, was, a, you know, there's stuff for babies to do here. I mean, not like baby babies, but pretty much. Yeah, there's a lot of family stuff here. Family uh, amusements. I mean, like Crown Center, there's not like, okay, so when I grew up, the closest mall to me was the Metro North Mall. And in that mall, they had a Spencer's Gifts. And I never could go into Spencer's Gifts. I was not allowed to go into Spencer's <laughs> Gifts. And then always... Uh, I was a bit ass blasted about it because it's my it's my store. It's got my name on it, and they put it right next to the Disney store. Yeah, that's not a good move. Not a good move. So if you go to Crown Center downtown and you go everywhere in that store in that mall, you can't find anything that's like inappropriate. You know, at Crown Center. Oh yeah, yeah. It's all totally like in white bread. I mean, Hallmark owns and runs it. So it's a property of Hallmark. It's Hallmark's Crown Center. And their corporate offices are connected to it via Skylink. And um, It's also connected to Legoland yep. and the aquarium, the SeaWorld Aquarium that we have here. Sea Life. Sea Life. Sorry. And uh, what else am I and thinking it, of? And it Skylink's oh. over to Union Station, Kaleidoscope. Too. Oh, Hallmark's. I've never been there. What is that all about? So Kaleidoscope is basically... The only time you really go there is on some kind of class field trip, and you usually do it between kindergarten and third grade. But it's like a wild little craft place. You just make little crafts. Um, and I can't even really remember like 
all of it. The one thing that really stands out to me is we made a puzzle. And so the way that worked is you have like a piece of, they gave you like a square, um, you know, puzzle material, but it was a big square. It wasn't pieces and you'd color your art on it. They gave you like markers and crayons and glitter and glue and all kinds of shit, whatever you wanted. And you'd make your beautiful picture and then they would feed it into this thing and you'd spin the wheel through and it would die cut the puzzle pieces out of that thing. So like you made your own puzzle. So that was really cool and fun. It's just a bunch of stuff kind of like that. Do they have a big kaleidoscope in there? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Oh. It's like I said, I was so young. It's been like 25 years since oh, I've been there. Oh, so. we have to take the girls. But yeah, it's definitely something that kids are all, are all into. Kids of all ages. Kids of all ages. Sounds dope. It's If fun. you ask me. Um, and then in Union Station, which you can skywalk over to from Crown Center, they have Science City. Right. Which... <clears throat> I also have not yet been to, and that's that's probably what, like for ages five and up, a little bigger kids? Uh, a little older, I would say. Yeah. And, of course, when I say that, I think they have a, uh, a section that's for younger kids even. Huh. But that never even opened until I was maybe 12, 13, 14, somewhere in there. Yeah, so you weren't even looking at that. So I wasn't, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> the first time I went, I was... I was not an elementary kid. It was like in, what do they call that? Intermediate middle school? Middle school? Something like that. And then Union Station always has the traveling exhibits. Lots yep. of dino bones. We and saw the pirates there. That was awesome. That's my favorite the, uh, exhibit of all time we've been to. The Weka or whatever it was. The Wugga? The wa The wa wa I don't remember. <laughs> I remember Kennedy found it though. It was, it was JFK, like the first. JFK Jr. was like on the expedition that discovered the first dug it up and wasn't it like the first actual I think it's pirate the, i think it's the only like pirate treasure that has actually been found yeah that was very cool and they reconstructed the ship and you could walk through the ship and like they reconstructed what pieces of like diaries they could find and created characters out of everyone they thought was aboard the widow w-h-y-d-a-h wider and uh yes Wida they found it off cape cod <laughs> Yeah, my native territory. This uh, is in P-Town where they're unloading this big-ass cannon. I love pirates. Wild. So cool. That was a great exhibit. They also had Genghis Khan. Uh, we didn't see that one. Dinosaurs. I love they've the dinosaurs. Always, they've always got some dinosaurs going on. Yeah, well, they bought all those expensive animatronics, and they don't have anywhere to house them. So now they're just kind of a part of Union Station. Like, that giant T-Rex is out front of Union Station, and it still, like, moves. And they put, like, a big Christmas hat or Santa hat on them and stuff. <laughs> they're like, oh, shoot, we spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on this stuff. What are we going to do with it? Yeah, <laughs> Leave it out here. But, yeah, you know, so if you're uh Looking for a place to raise your children? Kansas City is a great spot. I mean, yes. you know, you can live outside the city and visit. But Kansas and Missouri, very uh, family-friendly places. Yep. And shoot, isn't Branson like a family-friendly uh, Las Vegas? Kind of. I've I would, never yeah, been there. <laughs> I would say if it was like a like a gospel version of Vegas. Um, uh, it's been years and years since I've been there too, though. So you know, I can't tell you how uh, cucked it's been since nah. then. But I would, I would imagine it's pretty hard to fully cuck Branson. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I mean, what we're in the Bible Belt, as they say. Not that that's super strong these days, but it's uh, you know, 
stronger here than anywhere else i would i would venture to guess yeah well you know i mean our uh missouri did certify their votes as uh voting for trump so <laughs> it the same night like on election night right <laughs> i would call it unrelated but yes we did <laughs> <laughs> there may have still been fuckery I'm, afoot but i'm not sure the connection but you are correct oh you said well, we weren't cocked oh i see yeah yeah but anyway according to buckingham palace sources the queen will be breaking a 33-year-old tradition this uh, Christmas and New Year by not going up to Norfolk to hang out with her family because of the vid. She'll be staying at Windsor. Mm. I don't give a fuck about the royal yeah, family. That's the sound but the 33-year tradition, man. It made the headlines. People were talking about that's funny. it. You know? And then, uh, let's see, the Dow is on track for its best month in over 33 years. Since January 1987. Wowie zowie. They're attributing this uh, growth to all the vaccines coming out and the you know, stock futures boosts going on with Moderna and It's just going to be a fucking whatever. circle jerk of vaccines, isn't it? It, it could have been. There was a... I didn't write down my 33 COVID stories this week, but I saw um, New Mexico, Indiana for sure. They had uh, only 33 deaths. 33 deaths. But I kind of, I feel like I want to go back and like tally up the states because what if every state takes a turn eventually with the 33 COVID number? Well, she's dead. Well, very dead. 33 times. And then my last top three 33 story, last but not least, was that... ICE brought 33 immigrant children back to Guatemala after a judge said they couldn't. Wow. And now, it's, they say in the headline, like, after a judge said they couldn't, but apparently they didn't hear, they didn't get that ruling from the judge um, so it was until they got back. It you was know? before the judge said they couldn't, but the well, headline says after. <laughs> in the, in a, objective timeline the judge ruled it but news didn't get to the ice agents who were boarding the plane like at the time of the ruling or uh, getting ready to you know okay and it didn't get to them it just didn't get to them and they brought the kids back now they're talking about fucking sending them down to guatemala to try and find these kids and round them up and bring them back no i'm no, like that's no, not no, how no, this no, works no. are you joking me and also the ice agents were like hey four of these kids had coronavirus so <laughs> i was like that's a great i hope that's found that hilarious they threw that in there four of the 33 uh were sick i'm just like nice there you go infect guatemala <laughs> bring it on the plane make them all sick bring them to guatemala i don't know they're probably not even sick they probably just got the false positives on the tests well i mean kids get sick man Kids get sick. That's right. I don't know right. if you've met any kids. And but, I can uh, tell you they're probably not going to die because they are kids. They're always running around fucking sneezing, runny well, noses. The uh, sign language for toddler is like you rub your finger under your nose like you're rubbing snot off your nose. So right, yeah. That kind of says it all. I mean, it just happens. I mean, kids get sick, but people get sick too. And uh, it seems to be one of the many things that we've forgotten uh, as a country, as a globe. I didn't forget that uh, people get fucking sick sometimes, you know? It's just like one of the things that happens. And then you get better, and you like you rest, and you usually get better. Kids aren't people. <laughs> That's the takeaway that the bowl takes away. <laughs> yes. People get sick, but also kids get sick. Mm. 
kids are property until they turn 18. Then they can be people. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So did you hear about this woman on death row? No. Who, okay, her execution date is scheduled for January 12th. Well, she's dead. Um, I didn't realize that federal executions hadn't happened for 17 years and that Trump resumed the schedule. Yeah, there was none done under Obama. 17 years. None done under... So Trump has federally executed seven people, and there's three more scheduled before the end of this term. Might as well clean them Um, out, I guess. I mean... But what's crazy to me (laughs) is how, because the orange man has ordered this, now every news outlet will come out with like the sob story of the person on death row and why they should be... uh, you know, pardoned. Exonerated. Exo- yeah. yeah, like, give them life. Give them life in prison, not death. And what? And honestly, like, the prison system just pisses me off. I don't like the idea that my taxpayer money is just paying to keep these people alive when they are scheduled to be killed anyway. Um, and no, there's also, yeah, you have to be sure without a reason of a doubt that the person did the crime before you kill them, right. obviously. But I want to remind you of who this woman is because... I saw the story come across Kansas City News, and I remember this story when I was a kid in Massachusetts. Oh, shit. Lisa Montgomery, Kansas woman, she killed a pregnant woman in Skidmore, Missouri, and cut the baby from her stomach, and then pretended it was her own child until she was picked up the next day. Oh, Jesus Christ. Do you remember that? That's like a plot of Ozark. That's like... (laughs) Some urban legend shit. That's terrifying. The most fucked up shit goes down in Skidmore. What is up with that place, bro? (laughs) I this is the first time I had heard mention of it. Luckily, (laughs) Skidmore is most infamous for being this town where (gasps) there was like a town bully, right? There was like this town bully. Yeah, vigilante justice would like. I don't really know the details, details because it's been years since I looked into it, Um, but. Basically, the guy was a shit heel and was abusive and was a real fuckwad. And they killed him. The town killed him. And the whole town knew, you know, what went down. And then when the investigators came through, like, nobody said shit. Like, it was all just, like, ring of silence. Like, the guy got killed. Everybody knew what the fuck happened. And no one was willing to say anything. Um, And, yeah, it was vigilante justice. I, the town just, like, took their own trash out, basically. I forgot that was Skidmore. Yeah, that's Skidmore. Um, When I told uh, my high school friends I was coming to Mizzou for college, one of my friends who was on the debate team gave me a book about that. And he was like, I don't know much about Missouri, but this is kind of interesting. He's like, you would like this. <laughs> Ken McElroy was the dude they killed uh, in 1981. Yeah, and no one said shit because he was a bad dude. <laughs> yeah. He was. They just took care of business. He was accused of dozens of felonies, including assault, child molestation, statutory yeah. rape, arson, hog and cattle rustling, and burglary. And it's also, you got. You, you, you always got to wonder. So there's the accused, right? And so you've got to wonder, like, did he really do it? Was it just a. They were all out to they get just, this guy? Yeah. I don't really know. I don't really know. But that's one of those things where it's like, well, the town must know, right? Like, town must know. Cause of death, multiple gunshot wounds, and nobody ever found out uh, what happened. He had 10 kids. Wow. That's wild. Uh, He was indicted in the 70s for arson, uh, assault, and statutory rape. Yeah, I remember the rape charges. And And, uh, somebody said that uh, 
they got shot twice with a shotgun by the guy after they told him like to stop shooting weapons on a property, some farmer. And this is just like some fucking farm town, Missouri type shit. Uh, he was acquitted of this trial though. Hmm. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. But it's kind of like it's their town's business, in, in my opinion. But like, this lady killed that pregnant woman in Skidmore yeah, in 2004. And, uh, and I just remember, like, when I heard the story, I was like, the baby was like, the baby was alive when she pulled it out of the stomach. And everyone's like, yeah, like, babies are, you know. <laughs> right. Well, you know, that's viable. <laughs> it's not a clump of a, cells. It's just a thing person. called a C section. Right. Yeah. Which but just. It's the same thing. They cut the stomach open so and pull the baby out of it her sister this woman's sister was on the news like pleading uh trying to get a message out to trump like please my sister was abused like we were both abused in foster homes and and then they list her attorney um she actually was supposed to be executed already but her lawyers got the vid and so it got postponed oh jesus and um but they uh, wrote up you know like a hey this is why you shouldn't execute her and it was all these mental health issues like tons like ptsd bipolar anxiety depression um dissociative whatever like it just went borderline personality disorder it just went on and on there were at least eight or nine of them and i was like you know this is why we need some sort of like mental health facility though because yeah like they were talking about how jail has been a godsend for her because people take care of her you know like she has clothes and food provided to her because she cannot take care of herself she's mentally ill well you can't let those people just wander on the streets yeah that's not safe either like they're they clearly can't be responsible for themselves so what do we do like if we don't have a safe house for them I'm sorry, this is going to sound fucking mean, but maybe we got to take out the trash, you know? Like, you kill someone and you pull a baby out of their stomach and you want me to feel sorry for you, like, or excuse you? I definitely feel that there is a place for death as a punishment. Um, this one has always been really thorny for me. Uh, and it kind of comes back to, like, there's a thought of ex- experiment right there. Like, which one seems cleaner a state execution or skidmore killing the town bully a state execution seems cleaner sure because you have you go through the process of proving that there is guilt you know innocent until proven guilty beyond any reasonable doubt by a jury of your peers i tend to think the same thing um i mean i mean you know i'm friends with we're friends with shitload libertarians and uh, oh. a lot of those guys would would say that, you know, we know that there's innocent people who have been killed for crimes they didn't commit. Yes. And there are people that say, like, even one time of that happening isn't worth it. It makes all of the other cases where it happened justly unjust. Um, I'd really, I, I can't pretend, I'm not going to lie and pretend like I know a clear answer to that. Because that's a, there's a compelling case to be made there. But I can tell you for a fucking fact, if anybody messed with my family, that I would not be waiting on some kind of a trial. Well, I was going to say, unjust? How about being this pregnant woman on your own? You just get fucking murdered. Well, you know? that's right. Like, like she, that's, that's the thing about people who are murdered. They, that was unjust. They're, they're done. They can't seek justice because they're dead. Um, so it's also hard, like, okay, so whose responsibility is it to seek justice or restitution? How do you, you can obviously not restore 
that. You can't restore a life. So the restitution part can't it's impossible. It does not happen. There's no rest there's no restitution to be had. So what happens? In the cases of people who kill and then kill again and then kill again, I mean there's like serial killers, many prolific ones, many of them like John Wayne Gacy who was like famously not sorry. Yeah. 33 uh, victims. <laughs> 33 victims. Uh, he said that uh, the family should apologize to him. <laughs> that kind of shit. Uh, yeah. There's a certain, I think, evolutionarily, there's a certain duty uh, to be like removing those types of people from the fucking planet and that type of evil. But those are obvious, clear cut cases. And then you kind of. The closer you come down, the lines blur. But you can't just let people kill people. That much is pretty, I think, clear, willy-nilly. And so then you get into the weeds again. Well, if you can't let people kill people, then why can you allow the death penalty? It's a fucking conundrum, is it not? I mean, I get it. I get why it's a a thorny issue. I am not going to pretend like I have a clear answer. This one for me is a little bit more muddy even than the uh, the, uh, abortion issue, which we've kind of hashed out on an earlier episode i think that was 49 yeah where we weirdly got into that two or three episodes back but for me uh i'm open-minded about it um i can tell you for a fact that i would not take that lightly and i would not be waiting for some kind of crooked prosecutor to put somebody who hurt my family on death row so they might be killed 30 years later I personally, if somebody wiped my family out, that's the rest of what I had to live for anyway. So you think right. I would give a shit? No, uh, I would be I would be hunting the person. One more interesting point about the coverage I saw in this story, because it started off locally and the local stories were pretty cut and dry. Just the facts of, you know, this is the date it was scheduled for them and it got moved to here. And here's the story of the murder. And here's her sister, you know, pleading with Trump. Well, when you start looking into national coverage, like in the New York Times and Time Magazine, um, they all bring up this point of like, if we can just have them postpone it for one week, one week before Biden is inaugurated, Biden has pledged to do away with the death penalty and she will be saved. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, promises made, guarantee promises fucking broken. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I don't know. In my lifetime of watching presidents, how many presidents have made a bunch of campaign promises and kept them all? Not no one has kept all their campaign promises. Right. But Democrats historically have been really <laughs> bad about keeping any of their fucking campaign promises. I mean, where's our legal weed, Obama? Right. So it's just like, geez, it's like still a political pitch. You know, it's still a like vote blue with like all these stories. I'm like, how did you, how do you just go on the side of this murderer all of a sudden, like holding her up like a, some martyr, you know, for, for Biden's purpose for broken foot Biden. Like, come on. A big part of that too that makes it murky is the amount of time that passes while they're sitting around like oh geez yeah running their appeal cycles out um and you get further and further from the crime and maybe you can claim some sort of rehabilitation in jail sure um it gets tough it gets murky man like there is some sort of a romantic idea of the old school string them up 
by a posse like once you found him and you caught him. But then this that sort of swift mob justice is the easiest one to, that gets out of hand. Yeah. Like that one is just like, I mean, fuck the, the, the amount of hoaxes and fake news out there that's just rampant. And then you get a crowd all riled up and they think they know something that they don't necessarily know. Then you get shit happens where people are strung up that didn't do nothing. It reminds me of, you know, the gang violence we see today, the drive-by shooting specifically, where I said this the other night to you. I said, you know, drive-by shootings are so fucking lame because who's who's in the living room watching TV? It's grandma. Right. Or like baby sister, you know? It's never the person you have beef with. You're always killing their family members who are like weak and had nothing to do with the shit. Yeah. yeah. That that shit is pretty cowardly, I would say. Super cowardly. But uh anyway, so when she gets uh when she gets federally executed, she'll be the first woman executed in sixty seven years. Well, so that makes me wanna go behind the curtain. <laughs> oh, did you the more act is uh, making the rounds again. The more act, the more act. Kamala Harris's more act. We're oh, all yeah. talking about it. Put even more people it's, in prison. What does that do? No, no. Um, the House is expected to vote on it. It would uh, federally legalize weed. Oh right, that's the one that uh, removes oh. it from scheduling and all that. Does it remove it from scheduling? Or no? I have the brain fog. I don't think so. That's the weaker Senate version, right? Yes, it's, it's just. The, uh, Yes, I remember now. <laughs> God damn, no wonder I needed to be behind the curtain. Yeah, no shit. Blumenauer this is, is like the name that's n- regularly associated with it. Uh, by the way, um, Legals. <laughs> legals. High CBD hemp flower max THC sweet dreams strain. I bought this at a gas station um, because they tell me 50 state legal as long as you're 18. Smoke at your own risk. And tag us on Instagram. (laughs) 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 Literally, like, says, smoke at your own risk, and then two lines under it, tag us on social, and win, legal hemp, legal's hemp. Okay. The MORE Act would decriminalize marijuana at the federal level by removing it from the Controlled Substances Act, so you were right. That's what I was thinking. I was wrong. I have pregnancy brain fog for real. And it would also expunge uh, prior convictions, which is cool, but, you know, Nadler, Harris, Blumenauer, meh. And also, I mean, it, if it passes, it will be cool if they do vote on it because it will be the first time that weed is coming up on the House floor like that, you know? And that's historic in itself. Yep. Baby steps, right? It's a step in the right direction. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And then it'll go That's to Senate. To say. It'll go to Senate and it'll be completely gutted. And <laughs> well, if you're I saying we'll Harris is introducing it, then it's starting in the Senate. She's not introducing it because it's going through the House. Oh, okay. House is voting on it. Gotcha. Democratic House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer announced over the Thanksgiving weekend that the Moore Act has been scheduled for a full floor vote okay. this coming week, as early as tomorrow. You got me all looped around on that one. We're all jitty about the Moore Act. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lauren Rose. Well, I think it's Lorene. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong, but that's okay. They got it right eventually. Um, So Arizona's Prop 207 took effect yesterday now that they have certified their votes mm. so in arizona it's now legal to possess up to an ounce of flour or five grams of concentrate 
an ounce of flour or five grams of concentrate. Yeah. Recreational sales aren't um, approved yet, though. So, like, you can't buy it recreationally. They do have a medical market. Um, so, you know, if you're a medical patient, you're still good. And you can start the emerald uh, market going up and start selling weed to your friends and not worry about it, I guess. Um, but, like most states, there's no public consumption allowed. So, you know, stay inside, bowler. Yep. That sounds about right. Ain't that the way it goes. I just want the weed lounges, man. Yep. Like, you can go to a bar and get shit-faced. Well, fuck, let me go to a lounge and get stoned. I'm telling you, man, the cannabis uh, cafe, when it existed in Portland, was fantastic. It was the coolest concept. And now that only worked because it was like a membership place, right? It still wasn't technically public. uh, That's correct consumption it was members only and a lot of a lot of private businesses can get away with some weird shit if they do that route like a members only thing you'll see like landed swingers clubs be like sort of doing that sort of thing um any place where you're doing things that aren't illegal but also aren't acceptable in the public you know you will make a like a private membership only club and then you can get away with a lot more shit because a you're vetting the people coming in b it's not open to the public and c like there's an agreement there's a membership agreement when you sign up of like at least certain things even if it's a simple agreement there's still a process you know so i've thought ever since then that that would probably be at least for years and years the only way you'd be able to pull off something like that would be to do a, a membership-only thing where you have to buy a membership or you have to agree to agreements and that type of shit. Theirs was, the deal was you had to be a Oregon medical patient cardholder, but when I went, we were out there for the normal national conference, and so, of course, that was the after-party hang place for all, f- well, we ended up being there four nights because we missed our flight back, which ended up being <laughs> awesome. Nice. Um, but... We always wound up there, and the deal was $5 got you in. There was a $5 cover, and then the weed was all donated, so you could. it wasn't like they were selling weed. Uh, you just paid a cover charge, and then all the weed was donated, and a lot of it was just like trim or like extras from local growers. Um, but like there was a guy at a bar behind him. Instead of like, you know, at a bar you see just like racks of bottles. Instead of bottles, it was all bongs, and they were all like pristine clean bongs, and you could like, point at any bong and they'd fill it up for you nice um the dude had like one of those oversized snifters it might have been it looked like it was like about two or three gallons so it it was shaped just like a whiskey snifter but instead of a small snifter it was huge and that was just filled with trim um and the guy kept on filling a volcano bag because that was back in the days when a volcano was super popular volcanoes are awesome i miss volcano back. man i really do it smells like popcorn it does. It, the smell is nice. It's so, like, contained, so you're not, like, scraping bowls and tapping shit out and everything. It's all just, like, contained and very clean. Doesn't And, and like you're saying, it smells like popcorn. It doesn't, like, skunk the place out so much. And it's so easy to pass around that volcano bag, you know? Yeah. Very, very easy for sharing with friends. Sharing is caring. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, Massachusetts will be getting delivery in 2021, home delivery of your weed. 
See, that's where it gets wild is like they'll even deliver it now, but you still can't like smoke it at a concert. Right. You can drink shots and beers at a concert, but you can't just smoke a joint. Not that you can't because well, <laughs> for decades they've been smoking joints at concerts. Like, give me a fucking break. But you also t- you might get technical kicked out sense, for it. <laughs> now you can't, you know, there's not like a guy walking up and down being like, I did a joint, five dollar joint. Oh, yeah, pre-rolled joints. And there could be. That's my thing. There could be that guy. There should be. Why not? This is America. Why not? Why not? And the weed would be phenomenal. It would be the most quality pot at absolutely astoundingly cheap prices. And even though it would be high quality and low price, the seller would still be making a fucking killing, bro. The margins are incredible because it's a fucking plant. I mean, you're just growing the shit. A weed. It grows on trees. Like, it's the one instance where money does grow on trees. It's called weed. (laughs) R slash trees. (laughs) Oh. So, yesterday, the Cannabis Control Commission um, in Mass voted on this. Uh, It was three to one to approve the deliveries um, for next year. They had a virtual meeting. I watched some of it. It was pretty cringy, like most virtual meetings are. Um, but there's two different delivery license types, a weed delivery operator that can buy products wholesale from growers and manufacturers and then sell them to their customers or a courier that can charge a fee to make deliveries from cannabis control commission licensed retailers and dispensaries. So like the courier is like the, um, fallout new Vegas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> the DoorDash of weed or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but here's the kicker. Oh, God. There's always a kicker, isn't there? Initially, these jobs will only be available. And by jobs, I mean the delivery operators and couriers. Yeah. These jobs will only be available to social equity program participants and economic empowerment applicants. Social equity. What kind of communism are you trying to throw at me right now? Right. Social equity program participants. And the other one is economic empowerment applicants. Of course, these are all like, uh, like remember FAFSA when you're like going to college trying to get loans and shit and you apply for this like, I think it's government aid. It's like you're applying for government. Um, oh, I'm, it's not like I'm disabled, but it's like I'm prejudiced against. Please you know, I don't know what. Oh yeah, but they were You're doing a this marginalized, marginalized, uh, yeah, a historically marginalized population. When they were doing their license applications, they wanted people to fill out paperwork to say if they were these things. If they, <laughs> I looked them up, and it's just all a bunch of bullshit. You know, I'm like, holy shit, that just doesn't seem right to me to not have an open job market. I'm sorry, just. That seems very un-American, uh, but what, whatever. I don't live in Massachusetts, so I mean, I'm not applying for the job. If you identify as Christian, which is like a demographic that historically was fed to lions and shit, can you can you claim a historic victimhood there? Ah, oh, you could definitely claim it. Seems to me. Will they, uh, you know, acknowledge it and like <laughs> give you the social equity sticker no. that says you can participate and apply Not to this job? That no. Kind of historically marginalized. Our kind of historically marginalized. Right. Well, and you Man. have to look a certain way too. I think. Gauges in the ears. <laughs> no. Pink hair. No. You just gotta be really fat. No, you're. 
the pigment of your skin needs to be, uh, oh, you know, darker than a paper tell bag. Me you're a racist. <laughs> no, I'm not. The fucking job employers are by saying that only this group of people can apply. It's not racist. It's a fact. Ah. But anyway, before they even voted on this, retailers and specifically um, the president of the Commonwealth Dispensary Association said that they're going to be suing the control commission over this. Yeah, everyone's suing. Yeah, well, you know, I I actually was kind of um, confused about their logic with that, though. They feel like the brick-and-mortar retailers were being caught out by... This the deliveries like people won't be coming into the stores they'll just be getting deliveries and I'm like yeah but you can have them like you just need to pitch your product well so that people say I want you to go pick up product from them I want that product I want to support that store yeah right like no absolutely I mean the what the free market could do because right now what we have is the black market in most places and the gray market in some places or you call it the emerald market in also certain places which is a clever um, in-between. Really, what we define as the emerald market is sort of between black and gray, even. So it's like blacker than the gray market. Yeah. But even the licensed above-ground dispensaries, we consider the gray market because it's not federally legal. They're still operating outside. Everybody's still operating outside of federal law. So um, you have no free market best practices you don't have the incentives in the proper place and especially when you get all the way to the black market that's the worst of the worst the incentive is the strongest one with the most bullets wins and so there's not an incentive to quality control there's not an incentive to give a decent price there's not an incentive to uh, offer good customer service or be a nice guy there's not an incentive for any of that shit and that's that is really where all of the drug war problems come from. That's what uh, makes the, the whole drug world so miserable. That's why I've had to bury my friends over the years, not because of fucking pot or drugs in general, but because of the black market costs that go into this. That's the real. Um, that's the real crime, in my opinion, in all of this. Amen. I mean, even the friends that I've uh, had to bury and family on strictly overdoses, you could still argue that that's the the, the lack of a of a proper source of of relief or help. Yeah, you know, you gotta wonder if we had access to just plain ass fucking pressed opium, how many people would be doing fentanyl? None. My guess is an incredibly no, low number, an incredibly low number. Cause fentanyl is dog shit. No, oh, a lot of people don't realize that's what they're buying. When they buy right. shit too, and that's it's, another thing, you know. You, and a lot of it's coming from China. You get to sh- bring that into it, you, like <laughs> you get shit that you don't even know what it is, and so you take yeah, you take kind of what you think is a little bit ends up being twenty times too much. Yeah, and boom, and that's you know, it. you can only make that mistake one time. Yeah, it's uh, it's not good, man. But but in a perfect world, uh, the one that God created. You can cut, you can scrape a flower and it will ooze this, you know, wonderful milk. And you could even fucking drink a little bit of this shit. Or you can, you know, dry it out and extract the tar and just smoke a bit of opium. It comes from a plant and you don't have to dissect the molecules out of it and change it five times and make it into some kind of fucking monstrosity, pharmaceutical 
Frankenstein molecule. Right. There's there are plant medicines created evolutionarily to benefit us. Yeah, and one is a common weed. <laughs> one is a weed that grows literally anywhere on earth. Yeah. Just about some of the harshest environments. Like if plants will grow there, so will weed. And we could replace a lot of shit with hemp. Like almost everything. <laughs> Weston, Missouri used to be the hemp capital of America, by the way. Now it's a beautiful uh, B&B town. Definitely mm-hmm. worth, worth a weekend visit. Totally like, off point, but... Lexington's another uh, big time... Oh, hemp. The battle, the battle of Lexington, the hemp bales was a, a big uh, a big deal in history because they made these hemp bales and used them as barriers and they would stop cannonballs. <laughs> wow. Badass. So hemp was a huge uh, deal in, in the Battle of Lexington. Hemp saves lives. It's a it's a pretty wild plant, man. It's incredible what it can accomplish. All the plants out there, our knowledge on plants is very limited. Most people, you know, I mean, just, but look at all the plants around us, and like they all can do different things for us. It's just crazy. I don't know. We're so um, we're disconnected. From, yeah, disconnected from from the natural the natural world. Yep. It's wild, and it doesn't make sense how we got here. It's, it's, just so it's many, alarming, there's really. other stuff, you know? I mean, there didn't... This whole corner of the basement, you couldn't make that 20 years ago, you know? You couldn't even make anything like it 20 years ago when we were kids, you know? Yeah, but you have to balance that with going outside and educating yourself on the natural resources True, around you. yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, you can't lose that knowledge either. Got kicked out into the woods and went camping once a month and, you know, came up through the scouts and stuff. You got to have both of it. Yes. You can't Absolutely. just disconnect from what, in essence, you are, which is nature in a natural, you know. People want to talk about artificial and natural, but, like, man will always be part of nature. It's just, what are you doing with it? What are you doing with the nature? Smoking it. <laughs> hey. Fucking bowls. It's good oh. shit. So, uh, Michigan made 400 million bucks in their recreational sales. First Damn. year of recreational sales. Cha-ching. Cha-ching. And then there's some, um, I should have done a little bit more reading on this, but there's some symbolic UN vote coming up. Isn't every mm-hmm. vote by the UN symbolic? Oh, yes. Is there anything they do that can actually be done? But they want to vote to, they have like, I didn't, I didn't know this. And I'm probably just a retard, but they have like a drug scheduling also, hmm. a UN drug scheduling that was set up in 1961. Uh, and so, let's see. Yeah, the who, the who are you? Yeah, they uh, recommended <laughs> to remove weed and weed resin from the schedule four of the single convention on narcotic drugs scheduling Mm. and they'll be voting sometime between tomorrow and thursday and uh you know i mean i guess it's a step in the right direction if they say hey weed's cool but what's it gonna do fucking nothing well the problem with the global government is at least as of right now as of today (laughs) they you know they don't uh actually run shit they're trying they are They're. making a very full court press hard uh, effort right now, man. They are definitely put going all out. Well, it kind of stands to reason that like they're four years behind schedule on a lot of this shit, you know? <laughs> That's my take anyway. I might be full of shit and crazy. What do I know? I but, like that take. 
it seems like they probably were ready to roll a lot of shit out with uh, under the first woman president of the United States. <laughs> yeah, they left some open doors with that shit. They were pretty confident. And they didn't they didn't really get what they were chomping at the bit to do. My guess is there's a lot of favors that were bought that weren't delivered on too, so you got to wonder. <clears throat> and I wonder. I mean, it can't be a coincidence, right, that the Clinton Global uh, Foundation that their contributions just totally evaporated mm. after Clinton's loss there. Because mm. she had nothing to sell. Oh, but she's a charity. I'm sorry. It was a charity. Charity. Yeah. Yeah. She just, I guess, ran out of Haitians to save. <laughs> uh, so... So you want to uh, scoot on out of here? Well, I was going to share some funny stories. Oh, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. Yeah, you can do that. I was going to say, uh, we don't really have any like unusual thanksgiving traditions um in the pearson clan uh y'all play have a cribbage tournament that's been on hiatus for two years yeah because of fucking nonsense goddamn zoom to thanksgivings and i understand (coughs) our family split up and all over the country there's what there's four or five states represented in that zoom call yeah um but fuck, we can't let your cousin mark be the cribbage champion forever no gotta fucking fix that next thanksgiving damn it I was in the top three, I will have you know. By the way. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. I skunked your aunt. She accused me of cheating. I skunked her so bad. But anyway, (laughs) it's not really unusual, I don't think, playing cribbage with the family. But thawing out a turkey in the pool. That is an unusual Thanksgiving tradition that one Florida man does. Oh, wouldn't it be? (laughs) Yes, of course, it's Florida man <laughs> with his turkey thawing out in the backyard pool. It's very classy, very Florida. <laughs> yeah, shared it on the face bag and then it just blew up. People could not believe it. And um, Is my eyes deceiving me? <laughs> we had talked about the pathetic Rockefeller Christmas tree um, and the even sadder still baby owl that was, you know, swept up with it. Yeah. I just wanted to do a check-in and let everyone know that that baby owl received a clean bill of health and was released back into the wild with the nickname Rocky. Nice. Even though it was a female owl, but she's doing she's good. Well, back that's home. good. That's a relief. Yes. Then a French chef just got a Guinness World Record for cooking up a pizza with 254 varieties of cheese on it. <laughs> I like cheese though. I love cheese. And he like portioned them out so that it would be he could use them all first of all and that second of all you could like get a good balance of them. But I still think there's got to be like one cheese flavor that takes over, like one that really stands out. And out of 254 varieties of cheese, I am very curious which cheese would stand out. It's almost just too many goddamn cheeses to believe, my friend. That's 250 cheeses too many, in my opinion. Yeah. A good four-cheese pizza, that's good. There's a certain I think, point where the cheese just falls off. I do love cheese. Well, you got to have a shit ton of tomato sauce to balance out that cheese. It's got to be a deep-dish pizza, don't you think? I would hope so. Those are my favorite. I like that. I, I like the deep-dish. I guess it's hard to say, like, your favorite favorite, you know? Yeah. Because the beauty of pizza itself is that you can have it so many different ways that you can keep mixing it up. Like, growing up, that that always used to be my answer when they were like, oh, you can only have one food for the rest of your life. What yeah, would it pizza. be? And I would always be like, well, pizza, because you can have, like, 
any food that you're going to miss, you can just have a, a that food pizza. Exactly. Breakfast pizza, taco pizza, uh, feta, those foofy salad pizzas, you know what I mean? I'm like thinking of, I can remember, like spinach feta artichoke. People pizza. get all triggered by uh, the pineapple pizza. Oh, I love pineapple. Pineapple's pizza. great on pizza. But pineapple with jalapenos? I They forget that, like, not in the too distant past, that, like, anchovy was, like, a super popular pizza topping be on a lot of pizzas. And yeah. that shit is like... It's a little too salty for it's me. It's just way too salty. I did try it, though, because I, was, I remember telling you, I was like, I've never had anchovies, and somewhere we had an anchovy pizza, and you were like, okay, well... Oh, my God, pizza bagels. That's what's up. Fletcher just mentioned. And I'm not oh, talking yeah. about that frozen aisle fucking pizza bagel. No, I'm make your own. Cutting a bagel in half. Squeezing the pizza sauce on it. Dumping the sauce out of the Chef Boyardee can onto it. Ooh, the Chef Boyardee sauce. Yuck. Oh, man. Put some <laughs> fucking butter and garlic and then the sauce and then the cheese up there and the fucking little pepperoni slices. Well, Are you kidding me? I, I thought that I was like the fucking Einstein of getting stoned in high school, like making that one day in the kitchen. Like I was like coming up with some unique concept. I was like... It's like pizza bagels, but like full size. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My nanny used to make those and she would buy the like pizza sauce squeeze bottle. Ooh, did you get some Scooby snacks? No, I hit the filter. Whoa. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, she had this like pizza squeeze. It was like a squeeze bottle of pizza sauce that she would swear by for her pizza bagels that then she'd put in her little like foreman grill. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm. Sorry, George Foreman triggered me into thinking about the uh, Mike Tyson. Knocks out the fat. Saturday. Oh my God, not Mike Tyson. I, I so Yeah, I agree. Did you hear that some fan tried to punch him after? No. What a fucking idiot. That sounds like a boxing fan, though. I didn't read the article. I just saw the headline. Um, Did but, he his ass whipped? Well, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I wouldn't not try to punch Tyson that's for fucking sure but you know what it was probably like Roy Jones it was probably on his bucket list getting punched by I <laughs> don't Tyson. try to punch anyone no fuck, fuck no. that no fuck if, no if I ever punch someone it's because I absolutely have to punch someone and then I do punch someone there's no trying to punch people no. you know like oh let's see if we can pu-. no no if you must punch the punch must be swift and furious, and it cannot miss. And other than that, just no punch. Don't be punching. Um, no punching. Security saved the guy. Oh, from Mike. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, God damn. He was signing autographs, and this oh person God. came up and started trash talking him and getting in his face, and security just took him away. So they security saved this dude's life. Interesting. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I thought be, that was. I wouldn't be fucking with Iron Mike, bro. I agree. He's enlightened, Mike, now. Iron Monk. Iron Monk. I love that. The Iron Monk. Yeah. I, I mean, when they were like, oh, it's a draw, and he was like, oh, that's cool. I'm okay with the draw. That's fine. That's fine by me. Well, he I probably... was like, what the fuck? I know. I, know. I was it's... like, I'm not fine with a <laughs> draw. Are you shitting that's me? That's what Roy Jones the... said. And Roy Jones and, had yeah. to keep fucking grappling him to yeah. just keep from not getting punched in the head. Yeah. Ray <laughs> like, Jones did the smart but boring thing and tied yeah. tied Mike up for most of it, which also was since the rounds were shorter than your typical three round three minute round, it made it difficult, you know? Yeah. Mike couldn't really get in the ring and figure the guy out and they you were, know, by the time that he was like really getting his groove on in the round, the fucking bell would ring. Yep. 
So, but he still smashed on him. Yeah, he did. He still smashed on the boy. As Snoop Dogg said, get those ribs off the grill. He uh, <laughs> he got caught a couple times in the dome, but not any kind of devastating punches like that. He was landing some body shots on dudes, yeah, man, rocking the rib cages. Oh man. Yeah. Um, Snoop Dogg's commentary was amazing. That dude. I just want to say. <laughs> Um, I'm really not a huge Snoop Dogg fan in general, but he was funny as fuck. Yeah. Well, my personal favorite Snoop Dogg (laughs) moment was uh, the Jake Paul fight with Nate. I can't remember his last name. Oh, yeah. The basketball player. Wasn't he like uh, Snoop's cousin or something? I think he said. (laughs) I mean, Snoop has like 12,000 cousins. Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson. Um, And... He, I mean, everyone was like, you gotta defend yourself, please defend yourself, please defend yourself. That kid didn't know what the fuck he was doing, This kid did not have his gloves up at all, no hands up. That kid should... Snoop Since he's out of the NBA, he should go to, like, tennis or something, man. (laughs) Maybe golf. Not boxing, Snoop just starts singing, precious Lord, take my hand. Oh, I was fucking dying. That was so... And that kid got laid out. He got knocked the fuck out, He got put to sleep quick. Like those old Kimbo Slice videos that you used to watch, man, where he would just fucking <sighs> send dudes stiff and falling over. I mean, this kid couldn't fucking move. And Jake Paul clearly has been studying where to punch people, man. Like, he was hitting them very hard in some uh, nerve points. And the one that he got at the end, it just tagged the dude right on the base of the back of his skull where like the skull and the neck kind of meet and it was just like he would just go in like a fucking matador and just like wham wham and then he'd be like it'd be like this flurry of fists and the kid was trying to hit him while he was just getting hit yeah and before you know it jake paul's like stepping away out of arm's reach and the kid's just falling over i mean he had (laughs) two knockdowns i think before he finally got knocked the fuck out and to where like the first two knockdowns, you could tell he got hit hard, and you could tell he, you could tell that's the hardest he had ever been hit in his life. Like <laughs> when Tyson, Tyson is famous for saying everybody's got a plan until they get hit, and that was the perfect fucking example of like this kid had like what he thought he was gonna do and like what he had been training and what he thought boxing was, and then he got fucking rocked, dude. It was just like it was almost sad to watch, but I don't really know enough about like how dudes come up in boxing in their first few fights. But, like, before you get thrown on with, like, real contenders, you got to have a few fights that are just kind of Bush League. And that's that was only Jake Paul's second fight. Nobody's taking him seriously because why would you? He's Jake Paul. But that is such motivation. And the way he was talking and the way he was fighting was actually almost fucking scary to watch because he's not bullshitting. For sure. He's definitely been studying under people that know what the fuck they're doing. And uh, he's like, I want to fight like everyone. He's like, I want to knock out McGregor. McGregor, you know? I know. And he like, called about it. I was like, bro, oh. like that's a guy that needs it. Uh, if, if you're asking to knock McGregor out, then you need, uh, you just need to punch dudes. Like yeah. you just have a deep need to punch dudes in, in that time in your life. But he's like, I don't know. He seemed very, uh, 
on target and uh, like he was going to go, it reminded me of like a young Ali or something, you know, like when, yeah. when he was first getting in and being like, dude, I'm going to be the best here. I found what I'm doing. Like I'm the greatest motherfucker alive. Like that's where Jake Paul's at. And it would be fun to see if he could back it up and he could start knocking dudes out. That'd be fun. It'd be very fun to see. And it also would be just as fun to see him get his ass whipped. So yes. <laughs> that's like a win-win there. I think Jake Paul's boxing career is a win-win for the, any spectators. Hell yeah. I do. I didn't know that Mike Tyson had a podcast and it's called Hot Boxing. Oh shit. We got to listen to it. That's right up it. our alley, huh? And then also I really want to watch Mike Tyson Mysteries. <coughs> oh shit. I've seen a couple episodes of that. That's, that's I've good. seen I've seen clips of it and of course Norm Macdonald plays the pigeon in yes. it, right? So It's fantastic. Yeah, it's going to be great. Also that interview <laughs> uh Tyson went on the Norm show. <laughs> Say a honky. <laughs> uh, anyway, I digress. A woman went totally boozerk in a British Aldi oh, yeah. recently. She smashed 500 bottles of wine and spirits, causing $130,000 in damages. And then she like went on to just slip all over the place and cut herself up and had to be taken to the hospital. I don't know. Don't know what was going on in her brain. That would be a good ball. Yeah, definitely. And then my last story. Uh, so there's been a lot of talk about these mysterious monoliths appearing and disappearing. You know, Utah, now one showed up in Romania. But did you hear about the penis shaped sculpture that disappeared from the German mountainside? No. Apparently, this giant penis appeared like a few years ago. And it was now, like that is somebody's penis. It was like that is somebody's penis, someone's huge penis. And now it's gone without gone. a trace. Gone like yesterday is gone. I'll post a link in the chat so everyone can see what I'm talking about. The disappearing penis. <laughs> yes. Well, that's all it for all of my uh, goofy stories. Oh, I did, you know... My, I'm kind of sad my kids haven't asked me what I want for Christmas yet. Oh. Or what I'm going to ask Santa for. Because I know what I'm going to ask Santa for. I saw it the other day and I can't stop thinking about it. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's called the Duo. The Duo? It's a cordless e-nail. Ooh. Yeah. It That's looks what we need, sick. too. I'll post that in the chat, too. Is that the uh, bye-bye music? Because you know we have to do our first time I ever, right? Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right. Actually, in fact, there was a late voicemail that came in that we didn't really get the chance to play. Oh, that's right. And it was so fantastic that uh, you know we have to play it. <laughs> because it has a little bit to do even with our topic tonight. Because uh, it was sort of a rollover topic. Last time we talked about the first time you had ever seen the unlit side of the moon. This week we're talking about the first time you ever saw an eclipse. And... Uh, so they kind of rolled in together, inspired by Phone Boy, who called in with an eclipse story last week. Everything you know about the moon is true, but it's also false. <laughs> the moon's not real. <laughs> the moon is not real. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I can't uh, deny or uh, certify that the moon is or isn't real. That is the <laughs> wild thing. When we were at my dad's house uh, on Sunday... I was like looking up at the moon and I was just having those kind of thoughts. I was just like, well, there it fucking is, but I don't know what it is really. Yeah. Look at it. It's right there. It's bright as fuck, but like, 
really, I don't really know what it really is. Could be a hologram. I mean, it makes plenty of sense that it's a big ball that the sun is shining on. Like, it makes sense. I learned that. And uh, it moves in the right ways to where that makes sense. Verifiable. Observable. It always behaves in the same way. But uh, can you really know? Unless you go there. Did guys even go there? I mean, it all just falls apart, like, the more you think about it. Yeah. I mean, uh, Neil Armstrong. Neil A. Read that backwards. <laughs> Alien. What? <laughs> nice execution. You're doing terrific. Love it. So, first time we ever saw an eclipse. We have callers. All right. Let's hear them. Uh, the first time I ever saw an eclipse, it was a solar eclipse. I feel like I was in fourth grade, I think. Yeah, fourth or fifth grade. Um, and uh, had do that little thing, you know, where you punch a hole in a shoebox and yep. you can... You can look at the projection on the back of the box. A little pinhole. So that way you don't blind yourself. Um, Highly recommended. Yeah, it was like a big deal. And it's um, really all I remember was like the excitement and finally getting to see it, go outside. And I feel like I had a magnifying glass, too, that I was focusing it on, on the on the sidewalk around our house. Hell yeah. But yeah, yeah, good, good science times. Good science times. And it was shortly after that that I discovered Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. And then after that, I discovered... The wonders of marijuana. Hey, oh yeah. <laughs> then, long after that, I discovered the wonders of you guys and bowl after bowl. Aww. And I love you. Hugs. Aww. Kisses. Oh, sloppy. <laughs> oh, we have a we have a clip for that. Do you have it like pinged up? The clip we got one? Sunday. <laughs> the clip we got Sunday. Oh man. No, it's okay. Never mind. I don't even know what you're talking. The about. The Fletcher Cox story. Clip. Oh goddamn. <laughs> I do know what you're talking about. Yeah. It's around here somewhere. Gosh, now you're going to go make me find it. Whoa. No, you don't have to. It's all good. Yeah. We love you too, dude. Clutcher's, yeah. Clutcher's, <laughs> Clutcher's Fox. <laughs> I got stories about Clutcher's Fox you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Clutcher's friggin' Fox, man. That Fox. Swear to God. No thanks for the ring, man. Um... We have been teasing this idea before of uh, guest shows, and we've just been in a... We should have done one during Thanksgiving. That would have been the perfect time to launch the first one. But we were just in total fucking lazy man mode. So I think we want to aim for it like maybe holiday week. But we want to have guest shows. We're going to call it uh, Bowls with Buds. And uh, do guest shows, and those will be apart from our regular Tuesday night thing, and they'll just be whenever, and we'll do them live and kind of have a pre-announcement of when they're going to be, but that won't necessarily be like scheduled. It'll be like whenever the guest can do it. So I did want to have our first one uh, be with John and Carolyn because it only seemed right. Um, those guys kind of inspired us to get back on the mic and uh, do this crazy thing every week. So. I want to try and aim maybe for holiday week if that works for you guys. And that's my tease for it. And then after that, just more more, more bowls with buds in the future. That's what we want to be doing. Uh, just to have a little bit of, you know, break up to the routine, have something special and spicy. Yeah. I do love the uh, voicemails coming in, though. We got another one. All right. So, hello. This is Matt Ned. You guys are talking about masks. Um, oh, like yeah. the big, the big box stores, I like refuse to wear one going in, and for the most part, none of them say anything. Uh, Walmart does, uh, which uh, I pretty much just look at them and tell them I got health issues, and they don't even say anything, and I keep walking. But nice. lately, I've been noticing 
whereas I was getting like dirty looks everywhere I'd go, you know, like I get like some lady like sneering at me or something yeah. and then uh I do a little maneuver where I start itching my face with my middle finger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that really makes them look away really quickly. You know, or they get even more pissed and then you like laugh. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't know what to uh to do until they look away. So but recently I'm getting like people like almost giving me like the the like right on mask power like yeah. uh people look. are fucking sick of people it. like nodding at me and like you know, like glad to see somebody not wearing a mask almost. Um Yeah. Hell yeah. I don't know. Just wish more people would uh, take them off, but I still see. <laughs> I, it went up for a little bit that you didn't see people with masks in stores, and then it went back down where yep. like everybody had freaking masks. But uh, now coming, it's uh, coming in waves. It's everybody's got masks pretty much, but you're starting to see little pockets here and there. So it's kind of weird when you can relate to people just because you don't want to wear a stupid effing mask. Seriously, right. it seems in like the bowl. In the bowl. In Thank the you, bowl. Net Ned. We love hearing from you. Smoke in the bowl, sir. <laughs> well, it starts with one. That's the way I like to think about yep. it, right? Like And that's the thing, man. If you are if you are willing to be the one, you've gotta realize that it's up to you. Like as soon as because that mindset is so rare now that you know, you were told us a, a a week or two ago about the guy that was seizing out and you were the only one to step up and actually take the dude to the fucking hospital and stick around for him and be there for him. Like no one acts that way. Everybody hopes that somebody else will take care of it. And so, you know, if that number of people that do that hits hundred percent, then we are fucked as a society, man. We got to keep, we got to go the other way. You got to help your fellow man. I yeah. mean, gotta do what's right you got to you got to and that includes not wearing a mask and, and even though we've been told that's backwards logic it's not it's not we know what the fuck's going on here the lies and the mind tricks very good good for you net ned be uh show that beautiful face around to people in the big box stores fuck them oh we have another voicemail okay to kick it off all right howdy booberry here hey how high is too high <laughs> and does anyone or any state sell salvia anymore bye-bye oh i know salvia. the last time we were in massachusetts there were you could get some in salem yeah, that was what two years ago get all kinds of weird shit in salem two or three but yeah um i don't see it around here i don't see it around <laughs> here i remember you used to be able to get it it was never Let's something see. i ever bought i did smoke it a couple times i think maybe just one time actually um yes well i shouldn't say like you can't get it here because you can buy like the plants I'm, here i'm betting that you can and well most places will sell the concentrate so you can get like the 5x and the 10x and the 40x or whatever the fuck you know and it's just like okay what is this all about i never really went down the salvia rabbit hole I did try it one time, but that was the extent of it. You know, it, somebody else had it, and they were like, "We're smoking a salvia," and I was like, "Well, okay, doesn't do this." Um, for me, it was like uh, comparable to like DMT, where it's like very strong, very hallucinogenic, very short duration. But it was more where like where DMT is uh, sort of universally like profound and and uh, I don't know, I want to say uplifting, but it's hard to really put in a lot of words and uh, on the spot here in a little bit of time, but basically DMT has probably more positive associations 
Whereas salvia can go way south and negative for some people. For me, it was like very neutral, but also very, very intense. Very intense. Hmm. From the one part I can kind of remember that's actually like describable in English is like I sort of perceived that I was like inside my own neck and throat and like the walls around me were like flesh in my throat. And I was wearing a choker. Back in those days, I always used to wear this choker. Um, And it was just like that was like becoming what I was inside was like this choker. So it was like, I don't know. It's really hard to get into the, into the weeds when you're just describing like a trip story, but it was very f- like fleshy. Fleshy. It was a fleshy trip. States where it seems to still be legal are Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, Colorado, Connecticut, Hawaii, Idaho, Montana, Nevada, New Hampshire, New Mexico, Oregon, Rhode Island, South Dakota, Vermont, Virginia, Washington, West Virginia, and Wyoming. It's currently being debated in Alaska, Georgia, Iowa, Maryland, Massachusetts, Nebraska, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Texas, and Utah. There you go. There's your source answer right there. <laughs> There's the breakdown. Um, now, I have yet to try salvia, but I have been in its presence once, and it was when this guy uh, from my high school who I had a crush on he was like, hey, you want to smoke some weed with me after school? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. So we were walking out of school together, and then he hit it, and I was like, that's not weed. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> and my friend was like, my friend came running up to me not soon after, and he's like, don't hang out with, uh, insert that guy's name here. He's like, don't hang out with him. He's going to try and trick you into smoking salvia. I was like, dude, I did not fall for that shit. Yeah. Because I didn't know what it was. I smelled it, and I was like. The smell is atrocious. I was like, that's not weed yeah and to say uh also people in mass uh when i was growing up would smoke some very poor quality weed that you know sometimes didn't smell great (laughs) the (laughs) boo-boo the boo-boo for real the fucking uh mexican brick it just didn't come out good out there but there's a lot of weird shit i remember once i was at the amusement park and these uh kids in front of us were like passing what looked like a joint but man it smelled like fucking fish dude <laughs> and they were like hey you want to hit this and i was like what is it and they were like weed and i was like no <laughs> that's, that's, yeah seaweed exactly give me a little fletcher cox story there yeah. it is always in the mood for a fletcher cox story holy hey. shit when i we were sitting watching football with my faja and uh that fucking microsoft teams commercial came on Oh, and we just like, I laughed do, our We laughed off. out loud, we like, looked well, at each other. I was glad we both heard it. I was like, I need that. We need that. <laughs> we have to get it to Fletch. Um, okay. So my first time seeing an eclipse. Yes. I could probably win the award for oldest on this one, too. And I don't know if I just don't have any fucking recollection or if my great-grandparents who I grew up with didn't make a big deal out of anything that happened or if I was never in the path Probably, probably the last one. Yeah, never being in the path. The paths aren't really super wide necessarily. But the first eclipse I ever saw um, was the solar eclipse in August 2018. Mm-hmm. 2017? 2018? 2017. 2017. Jesus. And uh, our eldest daughter, she was, what, a day or two old? A day. A day old. And that was so cool. We've talked about it on other shows. We yeah, she wasn't quite 24 hours old. <laughs> we had the um, 
the like eclipse glasses you know yeah and we went out on the porch with her and put a little pair of them on her not that babies can even see uh and then it just went totally dark and all the crickets started chirping and our neighbor was out mowing the lawn he stopped his mower he's an elderly man and then he just starts going it's not time it's not time it's not time like over and over again for the entire duration yeah. of like the four or five minutes probably said it like 20 times at least because you were getting ticked off about like, it. All right, man. I'm just trying to enjoy this fucking, <laughs> you know. With this baby, with our baby. Ten with times our... in a lifetime event kind oh. of thing. And, yeah. Dang old man. But it was epic. That was actually the first solar eclipse I ever saw as well. Um, but the first lunar eclipse, I was in high school. Because lunar eclipses are a little more common. Oh, right. But they don't, um, they don't really often get talked about. Sort of like meteor showers, you know, like... And then maybe like you'll hear one's coming up, but then it's late, you know, and then you like find some other thing to do and you forget about it. Yeah. Astronomical events like they should be so much more. We should be more in tune to that, too. It like goes back Definitely. to the, the plant thing that we're out of touch with, you know, like you think back a few centuries and it was like the only thing to fucking do. Even it was like the only thing that was going on. It's like you couldn't ignore it. It was going on right around you. And now it's like, oh, yeah, we know it's we like we know exactly the minute that it's going to happen. And yet less of us are watching it. It's kind of wild in that regard. It's wild. But you know what? We're going to change all that. We're going to watch the stars. Hell yeah. What about your first time? I just said my first time. Oh, the... My, the lunar eclipse. The lunar eclipse. Yeah. Sorry. It was like, um, you know those uh, uh, red eclipses where the moon turns like red? Yeah. I don't, know, I don't know how it happens exactly because I'm not like a scientist and shit. Is that what they call a blood moon or no? A blood moon is something different. A blood huh? moon is one of just the moon just names. Just the full moons. Mm-hmm. But uh, red lunar eclipse, they look pretty wild. It's like the, uh, it's like coppery kind of colored but shadowy too. Is that all lunar eclipses? Does it um, always turn red or no? The red moon is possible because while the moon is in total shadow, some light from the sun passes through the Earth's atmosphere and then is bent toward the moon. So basically. It's the same reason that the sunset is orange, only it's getting reflected onto the moon. Does that make sense? Yeah. In the same way that the moon is even there makes sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Makes sense to make sense in a nonsense world. Well, what do you say? Time to hit the sack for me. Getting a little late on a Tuesday night. Probably time to dip out of here. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on another Tuesday, another Bowl After Bowl. Yeah, thanks for being in the bowl with us bowlers. And until next time, may your bowls burn ever brighter. This is kind of interesting, but all right, I'm pretty high.